Welcome to Ladies Talking Leaps. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And welcome to episode number three. Things, unfortunately, are not getting any better for the Leafs since our last episode. Um, they're now 4-4-1 and one after the loss to the LA Kings last night. We're doing this... Uh, we're doing this podcast on Sunday night. So, um, yeah, we're just getting ready for the Leafs to hit the ice in Anaheim. But um, it's funny, this record, 4-4-1, and is exactly the same record they had last season at the end of October. I know, that's so bizarre. Yeah. So I was actually trying to, to think about, um, you know, how we felt at the beginning of last season. And I think... Because Austin Matthews was out at that time, maybe we weren't as concerned yeah. uh, because he wasn't playing. So we were like, okay, so there's like this huge piece that is that is missing right now. Um, so yeah. I think we had that in the back of our minds that, you know, when he comes back, things will be different. That's true. I, I so, didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I think... I think that's part of it. And, and now he is in the lineup and, and you know, you know, he had a slow start last year when he came back, but there was the injury yeah. to basically be, you know, so it just made more sense. And right now it just doesn't make any sense. So anyway, there is lots for us to dissect. And to start off, we want to start off with a positive. So uh, we just wanted to mention that Mitch Marner has moved into ninth spot on the Leafs all-time list for assists, passing Doug Gilmore. So that's actually quite a feat. Yeah. Um, I mean, he has had like two extra years to do it because I think Dougie really only played for the Leafs for five years. Um, but anyway, Martiner now has 323 assists and in, as I just said, in his seventh season with the Leafs. And also Austin Matthews got his 200th assist of his NHL career versus the Dallas Stars. And our captain, John Tavares, got his 900th career point versus the Coyotes. So now we're going to pivot a little bit and we, we want to share a couple of comments um, that we got on our social media platform uh, from some of our followers. Um, we wanted to get your, get your thoughts on the Leafs start to the season. So from our Facebook page, Ron Ashley wrote to us, mediocre at best. I wish the players could take a page from Camp's book. Love his work ethic. I've been a Hall supporter for the years he's been in Toronto, but I think he's worn out his welcome. Yeah. So what do you think of that comment? Chris? <laughs> I was actually so I was surprised that because Ron Ashley is a uh, he's he's a I guess a top fan on our Facebook page. He follows us mm -hmm. a lot, uh, which is great. He he looks at all of our posts and we thank him for that. But I was surprised that um that he's a Hall supporter, <laughs> or he was one. Um, it's, uh, but I mean, I guess that first season when he was with uh, Muzzin, or the first couple of seasons playing with Muzzin, he was really good. But um, I don't know. It's just uh, like he said, it's it's mediocre. Hall has been, I don't know. He he's just he hasn't done any anything to him, in my opinion. That's uh, that's made that has that Keith should keep him in the lineup. Like, I think he needs to just sit just a game or two, regardless of who comes mm -hmm. into the lineup to replace him. I think he needs to sit and, and just get his mind together, the mental part of the game and, and just make sure he's in a good spot that way. But, um, and as what I think, uh, for, for Hall, yeah. um, what I worry about is like, I just, you know, if I think about that game where he, he scored 
the winner and he was the first star. Remember mm-hmm. that game? And he came out and he was so excited and everybody was so happy for him. Uh, and then, you know, the next game or, you know, however many games since then, yeah. he's had these bad moments and he just seems to me so anxious. I think his he just doesn't have that confidence right now. And I think he needs the sports psychologist big time Yeah, he, if they're going to actually do anything with him and keep him here. Yeah. Because I that he can't go from that like high, high, just being so excited when that one game went your way. And then, you know, when it doesn't go your way, he just seems really unstable yeah, right very, now as far as that very goes. Up like and he's, down. Such, he's on a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. very up and down. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, he needs to be more even even keel to, to figure that out. I don't know if he's going to figure that out here in Toronto um, or somewhere else. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so uh, and in regards to David Kampf, I mean, we'll talk about him a, a little bit later on. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of not the great. I mean, it's great that he's playing well, but it's not the greatest that he's like are basically our top forward. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I like uh, Ron said here, it's it's mediocre. It is the start of the season. And a lot of people have been saying that on social media. It's only nine games in. But I mean, there's only so long you can say that. So um, yeah, so as we go through these comments from social media, just a reminder, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. And don't forget to check out our Kofi page as well. Uh, there you can see a gallery of game photos that we've taken from over the years. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. So another comment we got from another Facebook follower, Michael Bate, uh, he wrote, too many no-shows on a nightly basis, no sense of urgency, lackluster, something has to give or it's going to be a very long season. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny that he he mentions the sense of urgency, like uh, uh, looking at that uh, LA game, uh, <laughs> there was some urgency there. It was actually not urgency. It was panic. Yes. Like I've I haven't seen them so just it was chaotic yeah. how out of sorts they were yeah and it's like they couldn't even so it, it wasn't even lackluster because they looked like they were trying but what they were trying was like just so nonsensical like it, they were not playing as a team mm-hmm. like there is you know he's talking about uh you know like that comment you know too many passengers kind of, but it's like everybody was trying to row the canoe and they were all going in circles. Like it was just crazy. Like that's how, that's how bad it seems to be getting. There was that one shift um, with, I guess it was kind of the, the shift change got mixed up and Riley was on at the same time as uh, I I I think it was, I think it was Sandine. They were in the middle of shifts anyways, of changing shifts. And that's when it was, it was almost, it was like discombobulated the whole thing. Like, and that LA scored on that play because they didn't know where to go. Like Riley didn't know whether to go left or right side because he was playing with, with Sandine. They just didn't, there was no communication there. It was just, and I mean, after the game, I I listened to um, another uh, podcast from, uh, with David Alter, um, who's uh, 
who's a writer with the Sports Illustrated, I believe he's with, and now he's doing a podcast after post games. And he said actually in the room after that LA game that they took that game quite hard, like the players really looked down, which kind of had me, I was kind of 50-50 on it. I was like, you know, I hope it's, again, they might need that psychologist um, a little bit more at this time um, to try and get them through this uh, because you, you, you like to hear that, like, obviously they don't want to be playing the way they have been. Um, but, and so you like to hear that, they are feeling it. It's not like they're just going out there and just not just going through the motions kind of thing. They're trying to figure this out. But then on the other end, sometimes that can work in an, in a different way and it could make things not go so well for the in, in future. Well, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm not surprised that he said that they were really down because like, like that's what I saw is that they were really like, I think they actually did try last yeah. night, you know? Yeah. And it's just nothing was was working. So yeah. I think I'm not surprised that they seemed dumbfounded because they just seemed like they were sort of in shock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it's just you can't play like that. So I I don't know if this is if this is on Keith and the coaching staff that that because whether or not he, he says it, if he feels it, I'm talking about Keith here. Yeah that that he needs to fix this immediately and he's not loose, then his players are going to be tight as well, you know? So I kind of feel like the whole organization is is basically on pins and needles right now. And you can't play that way. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't work. Like they're all, uh, you know, gripping their sticks so tight right now. And that's just testament. Like that's why nothing's working. Yeah. You know, their their passing is crap. Like their transition game is Everything, horrible. Yeah. Um, nothing is going right because they're all kind of worried. You know, whereas last year at this time, you know, testament to that, that their the record is the same, but they weren't weren't this tight last year at this time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um I don't know, and then it's <laughs> Well, I mean, tonight uh, versus Anaheim versus the Ducks, they, uh, they're they the 32nd team right now. So um, it's they're saying that it's going to be, it's basically similar to that game versus Chicago, um, the Blackhawks last year, yeah. where Matthews basically <laughs> got everybody on the bench to, to wake up. And, um, and you, I mean, it shouldn't have to come down to this, um, but it, it has and uh and they definitely have to win this game tonight like it's it's there's no question about it they gotta win yeah i don't know what's gonna it's happen gotta be a statement i don't know what's it's gonna gotta be a statement yeah, i don't know what's gonna happen if they if they don't win tonight i don't i still don't think it's gonna be like any changes to do with coaching and that um i no. still don't think it's that far yet but something else has to give when it comes to the players on the ice who's playing in in the lineup like whether it be like it can't just be Wayne Simmons or um I don't know whoever else uh Victor Mete that they've uh that they've sat out it has to be other players and um but before there's other things that I, I want to say about that uh later on the show but we'll, we'll yeah, get yeah, to yeah. that 
So as you can see, you know, we, we've highlighted a couple of these comments. And of course, we love to hear from you. Um, and whether it be the team or thoughts about our show, you leave us a comment on social media or you can and DM, you can DM us there or you can email us at ladiestalkandlease at gmail.com. Um, as always, we want to thank you for your support and for listening. And don't forget, we are now on the Believe Network and reaching out to listeners all around the world because we know Leafs Nation is everywhere. So now it's time to get into the show and dig a little deeper into the Leafs. Slow start to the season. So we're going to break it all down, starting with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then we're going to run the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. Yes, we did find some highlights. And in our third period segment, we're going to discuss what seems to be the never-ending narrative about the Leafs team having an issue with its culture and how at least some of the belief is driven by the media. So, without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, starting off with the good, as we always do, and that there wasn't too much good the last couple of weeks. But one of the bright spots, um, which it's kind of well known out there, is our goaltending Ilya Samsonov. Um, which is kind of odd because in our last show we were talking about, or at the start of the season, anyways, we were talking about how goaltending. Maybe a problem with and with Murray going down, but um, to injury. But Elias and Selenov has really um, taken the the rope and the sh- going and going with it. Basically, um, he's doing his job in a really tough jo- situation. I I think like he's basically joined a new team and been especially being the goaltender of the Leafs. Everybody knows that's the uh, that's one of the toughest jobs in the NHL. And he's right there in the fire. And um, yeah, he's had a, a he's he's kept them in every game that he's been in. He starts off the game sometimes. In some games, he's a little bit shaky, but he's always managed by the middle of the period of the first period. He's always managed to get things under control, get his game under control, and he's good the rest of the way. So um yeah and I I find it funny too it's I don't know why the 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 team has basically given him um access I guess to the media at the after games like he's only been here nine games and his English is it's good but I mean it's a little bit um I don't know I just think for those types of situations when you're going through something like this you should really give it to a more veteran player of the team that's been here a little bit longer um, but he's doing it yesterday after the Kings game. Like they're asking him what he thinks should, like should be, what he thinks is wrong with the team. And he just basically is saying, you know, he goes, it's, no, the guys aren't happy. He said, right. He goes, it's not, it, every, everybody's quiet. And, uh, he goes, it's, it's, he goes, and he said, lack of confidence. He said, maybe a little bit, but it's just like, I'm thinking to myself, it's great. Like he's a likable guy. Like they said he was in with the Capitals as well. And nothing that he said was wrong, but I just don't think that they should put him in that position being new, somebody new to the team. 
And, um, but I mean, his, uh, his game has, has been great. And, um, I can't imagine where we would be at if we didn't, like, if he wasn't playing well too. Oh, good God. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's my, that's my good, his, uh, Ilya Samsonov. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that. I mean, he's, he's, he's played great. And, uh, I did look, you know, I think I, there, I have seen some comments about how people have said, oh, well, he started the season really great with, uh, um, Washington last year as well. He started at like nine and one to start the season, but his goals against and his actual, uh, stats, like in-game stats weren't as good, uh, for them as they are, uh, right now. So, um, you know, I mean, even yesterday's game, uh, you can't really blame him on much of that. And, um, and as far as him being interviewed, I think that, they, the media is going to him a lot because they like his personality. Um, so I think that's part of the reason because he, he's not giving the canned answer yeah. that a lot of other players do. And I actually said, think that he said something really important in that comment that you mentioned is that he said that the players are not happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that you can tell because there's, we we know that when they're playing well, there's joy there. And right now, there ain't no joy. Anyway, so moving on to my good, uh, I am my I had chosen the aforementioned David Camp. Um, he is kind of like the steady Eddie of our team right now. I think he really picked up from where he left off last year and he's doing all of the same things that that he did and he's you know i think people thought that you know if he's you know put down on the fourth line kind of buried there that you know well you know he managed to get some offense last year well that's obviously going to disappear well lo and behold that's not the case he already has three three goals and one assist for four points he is even on the season right now even with all of the the goals that are going in <laughs> yeah um his average time on ice is 13.28 right now he's uh just over 50% in the on the faceoff dot and He's had three blocks and nine hits. So I'm, I like, you know, like, like our listener that we were mentioning before. Um, yeah, Ron. It was, Ron um, Mike, it was Ron yeah. Ashley. Yes. He's, he said that everyone should look to him. I, I think that that is a complete, completely valid comment because the guy is the same all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. at least that's what you want. Yeah, no. Consistency. No, exactly. You know? And, uh, I couldn't understand why he was on the on the fourth line, I guess, to begin with uh, this season. Yeah. That he, he And he definitely has proven that he deserves to go back to being the third line center. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I think I heard some rumblings that they, he might be... Um, I guess paired with Engvall again because Engvall is uh, like him and Engvall, and it was McKay of last year on the other side. Um, but right. they had him and Engvall seem to have a good chemistry, so I heard that they might be back together again uh, for this game with the Ducks. But no, he's definitely well. If anybody can help Engvall, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So uh, David Camp, though he's. I think he's actually playing better than he did last year. I think he's. I think 
I think that might be might be the case. Yeah, like he's um I don't know, he he just seems he has a knack to being around the net like and and just and and getting that uh he got a winning goal. Uh I think it was a game winning goal yep. and last week I think it was I don't know if it was versus just Dallas. Um but um but yeah, no, he's done everything to that like you said the uh or like our Facebook followers said that uh, people should look at his work ethic and 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 just keeps going. So um, yeah, those are the two bright. Those are definitely the, I think the only two bright spots out of the out of the last couple of weeks are Elias Samsonov and David Kemp. All right. So now, sadly, we have to move to some not so good points. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to look at what we think is 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 not going well. So our bad segment. So uh, what do you think, yeah, Chris? So the bad right now, I'm really disappointed at this, at the depth players that Kyle Dubas picked up. Um, like they basically have not given us anything. And I don't, I, I mean, I don't want to, well, I mean, I'm just going to blame it on them anyways. Forget about the coaching and, and trying to like the coaching obviously has to do with it. They have to find that, um, I guess that chemistry or that like to find the connection between the players that play well together, obviously. But I mean, we're only nine games in, but then the players have like have to do something too to show that, to show that they have some, I don't know. It just doesn't look like they're interested. Sometimes they're not engaged at all. These like, I'm talking about Obey Cobell, uh, Aston mm-hmm. Reese. I mean, so many people were so high on Aston Reese. Like he had a great, um, preseason with us coming in on PTO but then have you see have you noticed him at all in this no. like in these first 7 games I think he's played or 8 games he sat out one or two games he was benched but um or or had the view from the press box but yeah and even Obey Kubel I mean during the preseason I remember he had a couple of like good hits and 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 I was starting to like that gritty kind of style of play but I haven't seen that through the 7 8 games that he's played so it's like what they got the contract and then that's it sort of thing. You're a Maple Leaf and taking all the um, perks of of being a Maple Leaf and and that's it. Like I don't know. I just don't. I'm I'm not impressed uh, with that. And then of course there's Pierre Engvall, who thinks he's a or said he was going to be a twenty goal scorer, but we really. Like we mentioned, I think we mentioned during our patio season, like the guy needs to figure out, like, that's not, we need him to score. Yes. But it's not to say that's what we, that's his main focus. He's a big player. He needs to use that size. He has speed and, and that's what we need him for to, to be able to use that size and speed to get in there on the four check. And if he can chip, chip in with a goal. Great. Um, he finally got a goal last night versus the, it was last night, right? Yes. I think versus the King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sort of redeemed himself after. Yes. And then pass that he made. And then, like, that's the other thing. Yeah. Just keep your head in the freaking game. Yeah. And, oh. and then when he scored that goal, I was going, yes. So now maybe someone will look at him for being a trade, <laughs> traded, right? Like, because <laughs> he got the goal. But um, yeah. And then what happened to Dennis Melgan? <laughs> like really I like they know. were they were going on about him saying how great he was and which he played again he played so great and um during the preseason or he's really good 
And then he gets into a few games and it's just the same as it was when he had his first time here. Like you just didn't, don't yeah. notice him. I, I do think that, I think that his size is a factor because he doesn't have the, like Mitch's quality, you know, and actually he's smaller than Mitch anyways, but he doesn't, or even like maybe bunting, like where they can kind of, he can't really absorb the, uh, the physicality like bunting does and he doesn't have Mitch's quality that he can just roll off of that stuff. Yeah. So I do think his size when you're getting into regular, you know, in season NHL games is a factor. And I mean, the other part of the equation, I think for all of these guys, I think that some of the panic in, in the coaching staff, maybe in, in, you know, management in particular as well, potentially, um, has trickled down to the fact that they, they're not sticking with any of these combinations. You know, they just want, like, if something doesn't go well one game, then they make a change. So like, that makes it difficult for new players, I think, to be able to, you know, create any chemistry and to basically, um, yeah, but if they're, you know, you, act on the feedback that they're given also. Yeah. Like how do you do that when when you're not doing the same thing and you're not playing with the same people the next time? Yeah, but so then they don't like show anything. To, this is my thing too. When they play, they don't show anything in that game. I know it's only one game, but I mean it's mm -hmm. from game to game, let's just say like they've had seven no, eight I, games. How long are you I gonna agree wait? With you. That's true, but I agree with you that they, that I'm not seeing the energy that we're supposed to be expecting from them. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of different ways for them to show that as well. But at the same time, they're, I don't know, they're tinkering too much to start with. Like, now it's too late yeah. because really they should have given them like the first five games to just, you know, sink or swim. Yeah. And, and be able to show that they can make incremental improvements but now it's not it's nine games so now the panic button is even being like pushed even harder so i don't know yeah, well, i do now, think that that I, that had some impact as yeah, well yeah now i think it's it's really up to keith really it's the it's up to the coach now to find something that's going to work because he's been messing around with yeah. it for the first through the first nine games and obviously nothing has worked but now it's up to him to figure it out um and 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 figure it out fast, basically. And we're not talking about obviously David Camp is a depth player. Obviously, we're not including him in this conversation. We just said no. that he was our, our one of our stars of the last couple of weeks. And um, and Kelly Yarncroke as well. He's been okay. He hasn't, except that he he takes stupid penalties. Yeah. <laughs> like if you look at the person who's taken the most penalties, it's probably him. So that's also, uh, that's a mind focus thing as well. Yeah. You know, when you are, you're taking dumb penalties at bad times. That's not good. Yeah. All right. Do you have any other bad or speaking of penalties, we can go. Um, my, my, uh, my bad is, is, you know, which I mentioned before is, is the transition game and really uh, coming from the, the, the de defensive zone in particular, yeah. Um we are not getting the puck out of our own end. Last night, actually I don't know, many nights this week we played almost the whole game it seemed like in our own end. Um 
And we just haven't been able to make that crisp, smart pass out of the zone. You know, instead, we're passing, instead of passing, you know, out, out along the boards, where somehow people think that it's smart to pass, you know, across the zone. Yeah. Um, and it's getting picked off. Like, so these things are just, they just seem so unlike our players in a lot of instances. I mean, Justin Hall has made some grievous errors in this regard. Uh, but other other defensemen have also made their fair share of mistakes. Like, like Sandine you know, made one too, bonehead. Yeah. Like mistake. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's, he's young. He didn't have a training camp. I can forgive him that because he's going to make mistakes, but the rest of these guys, they don't really have a lot of, lot to, (laughs) to, you know, a lot of excuses when it comes to to that, because they should all know better. Uh, But overall, like our whole team, like even the forwards are making mistakes, um, not back checking properly, not taking the right man. Yeah. Um, and nobody seems to be able to connect on a pass, you know, to get down to the other end without it being picked off by somebody and moving in the other direction. So to me, that's, that's my bad. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. they're, it's almost like they're, I don't know if it's they're not thinking or thinking too much when they are making those outlet passes. I think passes. they're thinking too yeah. much. I, I do. I think that that is the problem right now. I think everybody is like so, so gripping their sticks yeah. and thinking too much. They're just not, they're not loose enough. Like I think that times, you know, maybe last year at this time, we were worried that they're too loose. Mm-hmm. But now they're the opposite. They've completely swung in the other direction. <laughs> so they kind of have to yeah. find a happy medium in there, you know, and and get their confidence back cuz right now I that's what I see is that they are just yeah, and it it comes panicked. down to to like they know I mean, they've known this for a while though throughout the summer that like basically mm-hmm. like Dubis has put all of his chips in to say this is it. Like this is their group he's going with and really they haven't done anything like to give him back anything to say that he's made that he's made that right decision. But, and, and it, but it's kind of fun. Like Dubas in a way has put all the chips in and, and that's what's made possibly made them gripping their sticks like this too, to start the season. And because they know, but, uh, but this is their seventh season together, right? Like as is like how, like I don't know, they're veterans now. This group uh, of the mm-hmm. t- of the players that have been here for a while, like they, it shouldn't be like this. This is why. This is why, in some cases, the jolt of of a of a trade of a of a big name, maybe yeah. that would have been. I mean, it's not going to happen now. They can't do that now. But maybe it. Well, who says they can't do that now? Well, because I mean, all the teams are just, uh, I, I saw some ridiculous comments. I don't know where on Twitter, um, somebody basically acknowledged that it was ridiculous to have this trades with, um, with Marner involved. Obviously, everybody goes on Mitch and um, they're yeah. saying that would be yeah, dumb. They said, though, to trade him for Garnet Hathaway. And I don't know some other couple of players from the Capitals and a, and a first round draft pick, and I'm like, yeah, what? I'm like, are these people like <laughs> insane? I'm like, why do you even bother? Re-? He retweeted this, right? He's like, like this is just mm-hmm. listen. He goes, yeah, it's like putting Mitch Marner for a bag of pucks, basically, right? Yeah. And I'm like, anyways, anyways yeah. 
regardless of any of that kind of fantasy land thinking, <laughs> yeah. um, one thing that you mentioned, you know, um, you know, they've they've known that the start of the season's coming and that what this year means. So with that, I mean, for all the things that they work on in the summer for their game, you would think that they would have given them some homework to work on their heads. Yeah. Like there are things that they could have done to, you know, prepare them mentally or to at least tell them that that's part of your preparation. Yeah. You know, so that they're not coming in and now they're like, you know, in shock that right. they're, I mean, we we talked about it. Their schedule is not an easy schedule to start with. So that is actually true, but they weren't mentally prepared for yeah. that. And that's something that they should have been. That's for sure. So yeah. anyway, anyways, let's move on to our last and thing see. because we're going on a little <laughs> bit on, on in this whole thing. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, let's get into the ugly here. And of course the ugly, mm-hmm. I wanted it part of my, the last show uh, as my ugly, but we decided to give them a break. It's the officiating, no longer giving them mm-hmm. a break because I'm sorry when, when Marner got, Basically, he was hitting the numbers, and it was against Winnipeg. Uh, in the yeah, and when he, his face, got, his messed face up. got messed up, and there was no call. I could not believe that. Yeah. I was just like, "What the hell is that?" And um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know our power play and our PK have both been atrocious. Let's just say, um, but mm-hmm. still, when it comes to these missed calls, um, it just it it's it's just outrageous. I think. Um, there was the, I think Jamie Ben was the one that actually cross-checked Matthews in the ribs. He got away with that one. Um, and that's what people are saying. They think Matthews is injured and they're thinking that it's from that, but basically nothing happened from that. Um, and, but yeah, and then on the reverse, when penalties get called on us, like the one in San Jose, it was like the, we were down two men for two minutes, but the second, yeah. the second call, it was a really chintzy call. Like some of these calls that they're going against us on the reverse, like they're not, they're not great. Let's just say they're pretty lame. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't like them. I did look up actually, we're kind of, I think we're 10th or 11th spot in the, um, like as to how many penalties been called against us. Uh, so we're kind of like in the middle of the pack, which isn't that bad, but it's just the fact that the types of calls that are going against us and we need to stay out of the box. I mean, last night, especially yeah. we we're friggin' all night in the box, it seemed in my opinion, and we we're always on the PK and our PK sucks right now. Whereas last year, yeah. the last couple of years, it was like one of the better things that we could, that we had on our, as our, on our team. But, um, but I, I don't think that we came out of, uh, came out with guns ablazing at the beginning of the season with the PK last year either, though. It did get really, really good. Right. And but really, really good after January. And again, this comes interestingly when Mitch found really found his game. Yeah. So there you go. That's true. <laughs> but again, this comes down to which is a longer conversation too, is so many coaches in the background. You would think that out yeah. of all those coaches behind the bench and we have the special like for special teams, we have the power play and the penalty kill coaches specific for that. It's like, what the hell are they doing while this has been going on? Like, I don't know. I don't see any changes in the, like in the plan for the power play, like as to how they approach the entries in that. I don't know. Right. Anyways, that has nothing to do with officiating. I just think the officiating has been garbage. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. With the officiating, one thing I will say, like, you know, we you mentioned we're like in the middle of the pack, but sometimes it's not not how many how many are called, it's when they're called. Yes. Like they just seem to be always at just terrible times where it just really sucks the momentum out of our game yeah. or takes something away from us that, you know, they've worked so hard to get. Like, you know, that that goal that got called back. Yeah from that so-called hand pass like that that was like a brutal and that wasn't even the officials on the ice that was like the situation yeah. room that that did that but that you know those types of things it's like the timing of it because it's like the, every game it ebbs and flows and yeah, it sucks the legs out of the thing, team basically once it totally yeah. and when you totally. already don't have the confidence and you're trying to build something uh to exactly it, it just takes it, it all away when something like that happens. You're right. Yes. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with that. But um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna we're gonna move on because no doubt there hasn't been very many great moments over the past couple of weeks. Um, but we have found a few bright spots. So let's let's move on and roll the ladies talking leaves highlight reel. Okay. So in number three. Uh, Coming in at number three, sorry, <laughs> beating the Jets, um, Wayne Simmons got into his first game of the season and chipped in with a nice assist on David Camp's goal, which was the game-winning goal uh, by the fourth line. So we like to see that. Yeah, like, I mean, just beating the Jets and their stupidity from last season, I think, with the whole Stanley yeah. Cup thing and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know what's up with these teams and our team song. The goal song or whatever. Friggin' San Jose. I know. San Jose has it on. Like, is it that big of a deal? I think they're just doing it because of the whole, the media and like social media. Like they just hype it so much up because they don't like hollow notes, I guess. I don't know. Like what the hell? What it is, is that it's, it's a big deal for every team to, to beat us. And it's like, they want to, there's... (laughs) There's no respect, no. really. They want to, you know, they're just so happy to beat us that they want, they and they make fun yeah. of it. Yeah, and I, I just don't see, I and mean, this has been going on forever, obviously. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, so I was, that's why I was happy about beating the Jets because, um, just because of their attitude and, uh, mm-hmm. and that Pierre-Luc Dubois is an idiot. I can't stand him. Um, and somebody like he, he thinks he's some, <laughs> some chip off the old block there, but he's not, he's not that great. Let's just say. Um, and yeah, so I, I just didn't, I didn't lie. I, I liked it. I liked that they beat them. So that's uh, that's our number three. Going on to number two is the tic-tac goal scored by Marner in the game versus the Sharks. Um, it was a beautiful cross-crease pass from Mar- uh, Riley. Sorry, I was going to say Marley. <laughs> Maybe at the end of Toronto Marley's. No, beautiful cross-crease pass from Riley to set up Marner for the goal. And um, yeah, that, I mean, I, I watched it over and over again a few times. And I'm like, why can't that happen to few more times like for these guys right where it just it's tic-tac goals or in into the net right yeah and it's that's not his usual spot either no so his usual type of goal that was more like a a, a Tavares goal or even Austin goal yeah. Austin gets goals some there sometimes so you know that's good to see even bunting sometimes yeah. scores those types of goals so you know what get them how you can yeah 
that's basically it, right? So you you want to see them getting to those like dirty areas, I guess, and they're obviously you're going to be rewarded if you if you do that. Yeah. So he was willing to to go there and um yeah, and that was a beautiful pass like you said by Riley. So yeah. Okay, so our number one spot is no big surprise and that goes to Ilya Samsonov. In the game versus Vegas, he really kept the Leafs in the game from the start and the final score was 3-1. But it could have been a lot worse. And after Saturday's game versus the Kings, his save percentage was at 920. And he's he's four and two to start the season. So, I mean, he's doing everything he can to keep the team in the game. So they really need to reward him with some goals at the other end. Yeah. He's not uh, he's not playing tonight. I assume versus the Ducks. I assume no. I think Shaw. Yeah, I assume he's because uh, normally goalies don't play back to backs anymore. Um, but he'll probably be in that on on Wednesday, and thankfully, and hopefully, he just stays healthy um, throughout this time while we wait for Matt Murray to to get uh, back to a hundred percent and be able to come in the net. But um, but yeah, no, like we I, like we said earlier, he's he's come in here to a new team and um and he bet on himself with the contract with a one year contract and so far so good so um yeah he's been he's been really uh solid in in goal for us and definitely deserves our number one spot for mm-hmm. yeah so we like you said before we can't even imagine where we would be if our goaltending was also a problem at this point so we have enough problems, including the team's culture, according to some. So let's get into that now in our segment, the third period. Yeah, so yeah, I was, I'm going to be ranting here a little bit. Hopefully I'll <laughs> still, go for it. We'll have to stop me <laughs> if I go on too long. But I know I'm. this is kind of living in the past, but as a Leaf fan and for both me and Silla, I'm going to speak for her too, I, I think. Like, we're so appreciative of the experience that we had following the Leafs in that 93 playoff run with Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark leading the leading the way, um, along with Felix Potvin and Goal. I mean, there was at the time, there was no social media. There was no analytics. And as a fan, you just watched the game and you could... You could talk in person <laughs> to some, to other Leaf fans about what's good or not so good about the team. It wasn't through chat things and and texting and all that you just sat you were by the water cooler at work and and you and you just talked about about the leaves yeah if it, if it wasn't for that there wouldn't be ladies talking yes yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i don't know i i it got me going i i was listening to a um uh someone on uh, toronto sports radio and they were they were comparing uh, the team's culture to other Toronto, the Leafs team culture to other Toronto professional sports teams like the Raptors and the Blue Jays. And I don't know, I just didn't think that that was, I I didn't think it was right to do that. I mean, in the case of the Raptors, like they've been around now 27 years. Yes, they've won the championship, but I mean, first I have to say I know nothing about basketball. So, um, but the move that the Raptors made getting Kawhi Leonard, like that was the huge piece that basically put them over the top, right? So um, the Raptors management recognized the team needed a jolt. They did that. But again, you can't really compare that because of the way the salary cap works in the NHL, right? So you, so 
And with the Blue Jays, I mean, I don't know, they're starting, they're kind of like at the beginning of, of the, I guess, process to to get through the playoffs. They're kind of where we were maybe three three years ago, I would say. So, um, yeah, and it, it could get ugly for them in short yeah. order. Unfortunately, this uh, this playoffs for them wasn't that great either. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how it goes next year for them. And um, but I I just didn't I just didn't think that I just think it was kind of bogus to to actually bring up the team's culture um, and the way. Like some media too, the way they just say they look at a player's body language and and how like especially with Mitch Marner, they always are looking. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what do you, what exactly do you want from that player? Like to, like he's for me, he's he's not happy right now. Obviously, like the whole team is, and he's just straight faced, stone faced. And I mean, yeah, maybe he could be a little bit better in in his. Um, I guess demeanor a little bit with the media, but he's he's not going to be all happy. Like they, I think they read too much into these things with body language. They do because you know part of the problem is I think with the media is that the media is so saturated. There are the print media. They're competing with bloggers, and then there's us, you know, podcast type people. Um, there, everyone is trying to get an angle, and basically, sometimes they need to create that. Yeah, I guess, I guess so, it works because we're talking about it. I don't know. I and I just think, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I just think it's ridiculous some of the things that they come up with that way. And well, yeah, and and I, I think it's unfair to speculate about uh, what a player is feeling and thinking <laughs> when you a- absolutely you have no right to do that. You don't know anything about what they're thinking, what they're feeling based on how they look. They're basically, you know, pretending to be amateur psychologists when they're they're doing yeah. that. So, you know, if you want some credibility, why don't you interview somebody who's actually an expert then and break down their body language and and see what they say. Yeah. You know, but for all these people to be, you know, saying these things and harping on it all the time, it is it is unfair. I mean, I, I think sure. it, we we talked uh, with Sil like off the show, anyways. Before we started recording, we were saying how, um, like, we understand like a lot of the like the younger generation now, like they never went through that experience. From obviously they weren't around, let's just say back in 1993, um, and they've only some of them have gone through it with the in the Sundin era um, in the 2000s, and they've seen playoff runs there. Um, and now though, there's like a new group of of Leaf fans and that have not seen any playoff success, and we understand that, but. Like, I mean, I think the media, it's just be stretching it out and, and reading, like making, to me, it's just making things up when you're something to talk about, basically, when you're, when you go as far as body language of a player. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's right. And then the whole thing with Sheldon Keefe's comment after the Arizona game and about the elite players not being whatever, they don't have elite players, we do. And then retracting those comments. For me, that where that's where it comes down to Sheldon Keefe not he needs to be coached himself still, I think, because <laughs> I agree because like he should know by now, like you don't come. There's no reason for him to go out into the media and say that. I mean, that was dumb. Well, 
to me, the dumbest part was, is walking it yeah, back. That's the part. If yeah. you're going to say it, own yeah. it. Yeah. You the know? only thing is I deal with your players in, in the room, however you feel you need to, but stand by what you say. Like in one, in this case, I will say that, you know, I've never heard if you're going to compare the culture between the Leafs and the Raptors, I've never heard Nick Nurse walk back a comment. No. You know, because he's called out players before. Yeah. And sometimes it's a useful tool and the coaches don't have a lot of tools. So sometimes you need to do that. Yeah. And your players, if they're adults, they need to take it. So, the, but I don't think that Keith, like I think the media made a big deal, seems to be, that they thought that they, that, that Keith was walking it back because of the players were offended. And that that came into the whole body language yeah. thing, and da da yeah. da da da. That's where the speculation came in, and I disagree. I don't think Keith walked it back because of them, because of the players. I think Keith walked it at back because he real recognized that the media was gonna make a huge deal out of it. Yeah, but by doing that though, they made even a huger deal. The fact exactly. Right? So so that's where the mistake yeah. was. Like he he needed to stand by it, and if he was asked about it again, he needed at to just point, say, "Look." Yeah. You know, at that point, I'm handling it in house, and that's all I'm going to say about it. End. Yeah, yeah, that's where I mean, definitely, I think it was Sheldon Keefe's um, problem. It was wrong for him to 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 bring that up again because I mean, they asked Mitch about it. Mitch came out and mm -hmm. said, "Yes, he had the conversation," and and he said, "Like those things stay behind closed doors," and that was mm -hmm. it. That should have been the end of it right after Mitch Marner said that. And uh, Sheldon Keefe did not have to come out to the media and explain it. And if he was asked about it, like you said, he could have just said the same thing. Mitch said, yeah. it's it's done and over with. Let's move on. But he didn't. And uh, and then he pays they he pays for it. Right. I, 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 I yeah. well, and you cannot you can't discount to how all of this stuff then hangs on the team. And that feeds into not just the narrative, you know, about the culture, but also what we're seeing on the ice. Yeah. Because then all of this is just, it's just more fodder, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And it hangs on, on them because as much as they like to say they don't listen to the media, they don't read press clippings, da-da-da-da-da, oh, you know, they do. Or at least it gets to them because it filters down. Yeah. Because even if it's not coming from something they've read, they all know people who are bringing it back to them. Friends, whatever, family. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're hearing about it through through other channels. For sure. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, we could go on about this for quite a while. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, like it's. I just thought it was it's somewhat ridiculous some of the some of the comments coming uh from the media and just making up these things as they as they go along and um and and it's it's not like I think that the media should be homers and no. and you know prop up the team. Yes, you do have to be, you know, objective and unbiased, but at the same time, is it beneficial to you as a person covering the team to be part of the 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 process that tears them down. Well, never mind. Like, what would you rather cover? Would you rather cover success, or do you want to keep, you know, covering misery? Like, how much fun is that day to day? Well, it's kind of funny that you say that because on Hockey Night in Canada, I don't know what it is about them, but I'm almost thinking like, why don't you put the Leafs then on like an alternate channel or something like on uh, 
I don't know, like on the Sportsnet channel, like put the Canadians, the Habs on your main CBC network mm. with some of the comments <laughs> that they're that they're well, yes, because the Habs are the underdog story. Yeah, yeah. So they they definitely want to yeah. uplift. I'm them not gonna constantly. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're the best thing since anything basically and yeah. I, I'm I I just had enough like I mean they they were like last night they were going on about how Tavares all the all his goals have been on the power play well so what he scored goals what they don't count because they're all in the power play mm-hmm. yeah like what like they just he just scored that goal and they're already putting it down and I'm like what you're not supposed to be happy that you scored <laughs> like regardless of whether it's five on five or on the power play I don't know. I just think some of their comments on Hockey in Canada are are like I used to like Chris Cuthbert, but he's almost becoming like uh, that other loser. What was his name? Jim Hewson. He's almost be- well. There's a narrative yeah. there. <laughs> Is that it's like they have to be you know more than unbiased when it's loose. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways, but things can only get better, right? So um, hopefully yeah. we'll uh, we'll try and keep this on the positive here. And but definitely, I think the Leafs are going to be very happy to say goodbye to October. Uh, but the start of November is not going to be any easier for them. Um, they're going to finish their California road trip right now as we're doing this podcast in Anaheim, and then they come back home to play Philadelphia, who isn't yeah, who's a hot <laughs> yeah, team and with. Right with now. boards there behind the bench. Mm-hmm. And then they have a back-to-back on the weekend with the Bruins on Saturday night at home and then in Carolina on Sunday. Yeah, and then the second week of November, uh, we play Vegas again and then Pittsburgh and Vancouver, which is a rare back-to-back at home. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like like we said before, Philadelphia is doing pretty good right now. And um, mm-hmm. they're on, I think they're first in the league as of today, um, right now. And then... Uh, Having the Bruins, lovely Brad Marchand has come back just in yeah, time. Yeah, they're doing really well. They're like leading our division right now. Yeah, and uh, and then of course Carolina has been. Uh, nobody really pays attention to them much, but they've been doing. They've been doing well. They've been they've been winning, and um, Ve- uh, well Vegas. We already saw them, so hopefully we should. That's a thing that that game should be. We should be motivated to actually to beat them. Definitely, like after that performance that we had in Vegas. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then Pittsburgh and Vancouver. I mean, Pitt—they're basically have the same record as us. They did start off pretty well, but they're—but then now they slow down. So, um, yeah, and then Vancouver. I guess a lot of. Uh, I mean, they've been in the news quite a bit uh, with Bruce Bru- Brucey yeah, Bruce over there. <laughs> that's a struggling team as well. So, but that's a team that you know we've been saying all along. And yeah, that's part of the problem we've been having is we're not beating the teams we should be beating. And that's a team that we should dominate. And they usually come to play oh, yeah. when and they it's play a Saturday us night as well. It'll be Saturday night on yep. Hockey Night in Canada. So you know they'll be ready to go. And yeah, we're going to be counting these games that the Leafs should be winning that they're not. And hopefully in this, they're not doing too well right now on that uh, towards the end of the season when we look back because uh, these points are very important um, come, come the end of March and April. So. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks, but before we go, we want to make sure just to let you know, to make sure you follow us on social media as we have a surprise coming up, uh, towards the end of this week that you won't want to miss. So be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. Also a reminder to please leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think of the show. 
Uh, it's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure uh, as a source for Leaf content. So we thank you for taking the time. And as well, we do have a YouTube channel, and we use that to post game day video and also some other videos from various different um, appearances that we've had on uh, some YouTube shows like uh, Hockey Time Machine. And we also have our website, ladiestalkingleafs.com, where we post, uh, uh, we have some uh, like good reading area for uh, books that we've read to do with hockey and a blog section. And of course, you can always listen to our shows there as well. Yeah, so we want to thank our healthcare workers, as always, and first responders for for everything that they do. Uh, flu season is here. And uh, yeah, we just want to get your flu shot, people. And um, yeah, and just stay stay safe and healthy. Take care of yourselves. And thanks as always for listening. So until next time. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. Do you believe? 